This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. We're so glad you're here. If you have a Bible tonight, can you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11? If you don't have a Bible, that's fine. You'll see it on the big screen behind me. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm going to start reading in verse 24. This is a very famous passage where we usually read in church about communion. And maybe you haven't been in church before and you know it by another name as the Holy Sacrament or uh, the Eucharist or communion. But tonight for the first time, whether you knew it or not, as Nova Church, we're enjoying communion together. And this is a verse that we use to talk through communion and walk through it. I want to read it tonight, just four verses, starting in verse 24 of chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians. It says, on the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. When he broke it to pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant, or Nova covenant. Nova means new. It's a new thing. God wants to do a new thing in our lives. Whoever you are tonight, wherever you came from, you got to know there's always a new chance. There's always a new start. God has a new plan. You might have screwed it up. You might feel like I'm too far gone. My marriage is messed up. My, my life is messed up. I want to let you know that God says that he's the God. When he steps in, he makes all things new. That's why we called it Nova. It's new. And he said, I want to do a new covenant. He said, I'm doing a new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this, remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat the bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. To anyone who drinks, who eats his bread and drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the Cup. Tonight, for the next few minutes, I'm going to write on, speak on this topic tonight as we do communion together. And if you're thinking, man, I haven't done communion before, we're going to make it so easy for you. Just relax tonight. We're going to just walk you through. This is going to be a great night. And we believe that you can just enjoy God's presence. On this title tonight, you'll see it, Memories, Mirrors, and Open Doors. Look at your neighbor and say, Memories, Mirrors, and Open Doors. Can we pray one more time? God, I thank you again for your word. Father, your word does not return void. It means that whenever your word is shared, something happens. And I'm praying tonight that, Father, these next few minutes would not just be information. It would not just be entertainment. But, Father, we're believing that something life-changing will happen through your word. I pray I would leave here different. We would leave here different, more in love with you and your plan for our lives. Father, help me preach well. Father, help us understand, Father, your plan for our life. We love you, Jesus. And everybody said... I was living in the former Soviet Union in my late teens teaching English. You're thinking, you taught English? Yeah, I didn't do it well. There are a whole bunch of people in Russia to this day that speak like this, and we wonder why there's issues. But I taught English one summer, and I remember I was there for about two months, and one day I just had this thought. I thought, I haven't had communion in a while. And the church I grew up in, we had communion once a month, and I've been at other churches where they have it once a week. And one day in my apartment in Penavigis, Lithuania, in the former Soviet Union, I sat there one day and thought, I haven't had communion in a few months. And then this thought hit me, is that important? See, I, I realized at some point you have to own your faith, and the Bible calls it your salvation. It's not your youth pastor's salvation. It's not your mom's salvation. It's not your godly grandmother that prays for you every day's salvation. The Bible says work out your salvation. 
I want to let you know tonight that communion is for owners of their faith. You know the difference between renters and owners. Renters don't really care. They're kind of there for a moment. But when you become an owner, when I became a homeowner, it changed the way I valued things. And communion is for those that own their faith, going, hey, if it's in the Bible, if Jesus did it, if he talked about it, is it important to me? And we believe communion is. But sometimes we look at communion and we make it religious and we just go through communion and go through the hows. And you know what religion is, is when we focus on the how and forget the why. I know some people that are religiously married. They, they live in the same house, they sleep in the same bed, they have supper at the same table, but they've forgotten the why of the relationship, which is a love and an agreement for God's plan for their life. And sometimes we do this in my own life. My drug of choice growing up many times, which I had to fight, was the drug of religion, which is going through the motions but understanding there's a bigger why behind it. Sometimes communion is like that. It's been like that for me many times where I know it's the right thing to do and I go through it, but there's a deeper truth here tonight. I want to unpack it tonight and believe God's going to encourage you as we have communion together for the first time, and I'm excited. It's a first for Nova, and there's a lot of firsts happening. We just celebrated our two-month birthday. We're, we're eight weeks. Come on, we're like those parents that keep naming their kids weeks. You know, like the kid's 17. He's like, he's 472 weeks. No, he's 15. I don't know when we're going to switch from weeks to whatever, but we're about nine weeks right now, and we're just a really big baby, but we're working through that. But tonight we get to do communion together. Communion's for owners, memories. The first thing about communion that strikes me in Scripture is the word memories. In verse 24, it says this, Give thanks to God for it. It says he broke it into pieces. It says, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. When I was growing up, it's changed today, and I'm at that age now when I say remember when. I remember we had these things called cassette tapes. Anybody remember cassette tapes? Some of you are like, what are you talking about? I don't have time to explain it. But you could rewind it with a pen. Come on. You could just, how many remember Blockbuster? Come on. Please be kind and rewind. I miss Blockbuster. There are some things that used to be, but I remember when I grew up, Today, there's photo albums. My son, my daughter, they, we tag things on Facebook and on Instagram, and, and they have pictures, and my son has an Instagram account, and there are memories on there. You can tag your friends, and now we have a thing called Time Hop, that once a year, every five years, that this memory comes up on your phone, on your computer, because you put it on Facebook. Oh, right, remember that vacation? But when I grew up, from the, come on, the 70s and 80s babies in the room, this is what a photo album looked like when I grew up. Anybody have one of these in their house? I mean, they were ugly. It looks like disco vomited all over. Come on, this, where are my 70s kids in the place? I was, I was born in the 70s, and, and my photo albums in my parents' house, the pages are all stuck together, and come on, like, there's nothing digital. Come on, something shouldn't be tagged online. Some of you are like, Thank, I miss the old days. And This is my photo album when I was a kid. Memories, I got a couple pictures of me as a kid. I don't know if we have these. There's a couple of me as a kid. Like, check that. You, like, come on, people. My mother. Someone needs to pray for my mother. Look, look at this picture over here. I don't know if she wanted a sailor. She was hoping I was going to go in the Navy. Or maybe she just liked the song YMCA. I don't know. <laughs> Young man. I don't know. I'm just a sailor. I'm waiting for a construction guy to show up. I don't know. But, and then over here, I think she had dreams for me to be a sleazy salesman. I don't know. But <laughs> can't you see that guy walk up to the door? Hey, you know, with a toothpick and grease back hair. Hey, and... And maybe selling used cars. I don't know, but look at that suit. I got issues right there. But this is my childhood. It's amazing. Look at those curtains. Look at those curtains. Look at that chair. That is contrast right there. Look at that hair. Like, didn't believe in barbers. I'm not sure. That's like a helmet. I'm like in the Navy with a helmet on. That's my memories right there. If you can see this, I was crying, so she bribed me with a piece of gum. 
So I have a piece of gum in my hand, so I would just smile. For, it's not, a lot of things haven't changed. But I grew up, and once in a while, my kids now go through Nana's photo albums. The Bible says that when we do communion, what we're doing is we're remembering what God did for us. Here's my thought on remembering. Here's my thought on memories, that remembering places values. When people go away and they bring you back a souvenir from somewhere, what they're saying is, hey, you were out of our sight. You were away from us, but while we were somewhere else, we remembered you. That's what souvenirs mean, whether it's a coffee cup or a keychain or a postcard. What they're saying is, hey, you're important enough in my life that I remembered you. Remembering always places value. When you fail to remember, you fail to celebrate, and eventually you tolerate. And whatever you tolerate will eventually leave your life. That's why Remembrance Day is so important. So many of the veterans from the different world wars now, they've passed on. And sometimes we can think that the time for remembering is over. But when you fail to remember, you fail to celebrate. And what you fail to celebrate, you'll eventually tolerate. And what you tolerate will leave your life, whether it be your faith, your country, or your marriage. And sometimes we forget to celebrate and remember even our vows. And then we fail to celebrate. And then we eventually start to tolerate. And then we wonder why. People leave our lives. Can I tell you, our faith is the same way. When we do communion, it's not just a religious act to go through and go, check, we did the box. Jesus said, I want you to know that how is important what is done for you, that we take time and remember what was done. My friend, when you remember, you start to celebrate. You start, I remember. I look at those pictures of me as a kid, and we go back and start telling stories. Remember that old house? Remember when we, remember when that, remember that, that dog tried to attack me and we ran? Remember, remember that trip to, to Florida? Do you remember when Uncle so-and-so came over? And we start to reminisce, and what happens? You start to value your family. I want to encourage you tonight, when we take communion uh, in a little bit, I want you to remember where you were when Jesus found you. The Bible says in Revelation, it says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, which is what Jesus did, but the word of their testimony. The word of their testimony is when you start telling people what God did for you. Some of us need to remember what God did in our life. Where would you be if Jesus didn't get a hold of your life? I wouldn't be alive today. My family had issues. And my mom was suicidal. My dad was an alcoholic. But God, but God stepped into our life. Listen, when I remember in communion, I start to get excited going, listen, I may not be where I need to be, but thank God I'm not where I was. And sometimes we can only remember the struggle in front of us. Maybe it's a health struggle or a financial struggle. But when you start to remember, faith starts to build. In a moment tonight, I want to remind you, when we take communion, remember what God has done for your life. Remember where you were when maybe it was a camp or a youth ministry or a church service or maybe in your bedroom where God interrupted your life and where you would be today if God didn't rescue you, if God didn't step in. Some of you, your faith is a few weeks old. Others, it's decades, but God has done great things in our lives. Can I encourage you today? We need to remember so we can celebrate and push away just tolerating our faith and being religious because we don't want to lose. We don't want to walk away from our first love. Can someone say Amen. I want to remind you today and remember that God made you, and God loves you, and God's called you, and God wants to partner with you to see you do something with your life. The second thing I remember is memories and mirrors. Mirrors are a fascinating thing. Sometimes some of us love mirrors a little more than others. And you ever, you ever, I travel a lot, and the last couple of years I've been on the road a lot traveling and preaching, and there's a difference between mirrors. Some mirrors, and hello. Some mirrors and other mirrors. It's like, I got the power now. I got a spotlight. 
Who's that back there? Hello. Can I see your license and registration, please? Hello. Hello. I was in a, I was in a hotel in Oklahoma last year, and it was one of those hotels that, that had a bathroom that had, like, the mirror with the lights all around it. You've seen those mirrors? Like, like you turn that light switch on, and it's like, it's like just a, like a, a headlight on you. And you can see things on your face you didn't know were there. And then it had that mirror with, like, the telescope handle. Have you seen these things? And it's like a magnifying glass, and you pull that out, and you, you see crevices and dents. Like, there are, is that the moon? That's not a telescope. That's a mirror. You're seeing things on your face. I, I kid you not, I was in this mirror. I was fascinated by this mirror going, like, I am seeing things, and where did that come from? What's going on there? Where, where did that crease come from? And all of a sudden, I see this hair on my ear. I'm at that age where hair starts growing in other places, and all of a sudden, one of the best gifts I got was a nose trimmer. Thank you. I can breathe again. And, is that too real? It's just, come on. There's this one hair, I kid you not, on my ear that was hanging down to here. It was like a mullet on my ear. I was like, what is that? Where did that come from? How long has that been there? It's been there a while. It has to be. Can you tie it in a knot? Can you tie it in a bow? I just, I wrapped my finger, I kid you not, I wrapped my finger around, I was like Rapunzel, you know, let your hair down, you know, and wave my hair back and forth. This is hair, and I wrapped my finger around it and pulled it. I was like, and then I started to think, what about my family and friends going, did they not see it? How many conversations? Hey, here comes the mullet. You know, like, like, look, look, like someone had to see that. Come on now. Like, someone must have, like, tripped over that. Like, it's, like, it's a wonder. Like, come on, you could have made a sweater out of that. And then I got mad. I texted Nancy. I'm like, hey, there's a hair in my ear. She's like, yeah. I'm like, how long has that been there? You know, it was fascinating is I couldn't see it just every day, but I got this mirror with these lights on it in this hotel, and all of a sudden, things came into clarity that I just couldn't see on my own. The Bible says when we take communion, it's actually a mirror. It says in verse 27 and 28, it says, If anyone eats his bread and drinks his cup unworthily and guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord, that is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. James 1, 22 and 25 says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only you're fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, God will bless you for doing it. Here's what I remind you tonight in a moment as we take communion, is that this is not just a history book. This is a book that actually is a mirror for our hearts. See, people wouldn't help me with my mullet on my ear. And sometimes we evaluate ourselves based on the opinions of others. And we compare ourselves to culture or to our friends. But the Bible says you examine yourself, you use the word of God. When we take communion, we examine ourselves. And here's the question we ask, God, how are you and I tonight? I want to let you know when you ask that question, God's not going to come down with a hammer and judge you and be mad at you. Listen, if God wanted to condemn the world, he would have sent a condemner. But he wanted to save the world. That's why he sent a savior. But God will tell you how you are with love, and he'll always draw you higher. He'll always draw you closer. But the word of God accurately tells us how we're doing. So many times we base it on culture. Well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so, and you know, I may say this, but I don't say what they say. And I go to church a couple times a month, but you're not as bad as that person. Or we evaluate it based on others around us. But the Bible says that when we take communion, we examine ourselves. We live in a comparison generation. 
We compare our latte to someone else's on Instagram. We compare our house with the person next door. We compare our kids based on the behavior in their school. But listen, trends and culture will let you down. The last three letters of trend is end. Why? Because they don't last. And if we base ourselves and how we're doing in our faith based on culture or on Christian television or on someone's Instagram account, we will be far from where God wants us to be. Tonight, when we take communion, not only is it remembering what God has done, it's a mirror going, God, how am I tonight? And let God call you higher. Let God put his finger on maybe an attitude or a thought or a relationship and say, hey, I made you breathtaking with a purpose, and that's not the best I have for you. And let God call you higher. It's a mirror to examine yourself. That's what it is. How are you and God today? Maybe you need to wash up. Maybe you need to pluck some things. Maybe you need to remove some things from your life. Maybe you need to wash up. Can I tell you? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. He's as close as the mention of his name. That no matter where you've been or what you've done, if you cry out and say, God, help me and forgive me, he has promised he'll wash us clean. You may see this as a theater, as a church, but really tonight's a chance to clean yourself and say, God, help, forgive me for my sin. Some of you walked in here with an attitude or a thought or or an action or a habit or a relationship. You don't need to walk out the same way you walked in. You may have walked in a mess, but you can walk out a message of God's goodness and his grace tonight. I want to encourage you tonight. He wants to examine your life tonight. Memories. Mirrors. Here's what else communion is. It's an open door. When I think about communion, I think about an open door. It says in verse 25, it says, In the same way he took the cup of wine after supper, and this cup is a new covenant between God and his people. It's a new covenant. See, back then, in order to have a relationship with God, you need to go through so many steps. You need to to dress a certain way and act a certain way. You need to kill animals and go through all these rituals. And you had to do all this stuff. But Jesus said, no, no, I'm ushering in a new covenant. Ushering a new covenant. When we drink this juice in a little while, what you're saying is, no, no, God wants you to know you have an open door to a relationship with him. He's inviting you to partnership. That's what communion is. God wants to remind you, remember what I did. I want you to examine yourself, but I am inviting you to partnership. This is where we get it wrong. So many people think church is a landing pad. I just, I, just, I just made it to Saturday or Saturday night. I made it to Sunday or Saturday night. I just made it to church. Ooh, check that box. Church was never meant to be a landing pad, but a launching pad. Amen. To launch you into your world, your influence, your school, your home. Because why? God is always looking for partners. He says, hey, I want to do this together. It's a new covenant. It's a new relationship. When we do this tonight, what we're celebrating is God isn't talking down to us. He's partnering with us. There's this miracle that happens that God says, I need you. I need your life in your workplace, in your family. I don't get time to go into it tonight, but there's this story of a man named Lazarus that died, a friend of Jesus, and he died. And Jesus comes onto the scene. This is the God. This is the Jesus that in a little while is about to fight death in the grave for the last time and win. He's about to have his own stone rolled away from his tomb. And he's sitting there with this dead man in a tomb with a stone across it. And he looks at people and says, roll the stone. And there's this picture of this new covenant of partnership. Surely Jesus, if he could raise the dead, could roll this stone. But like then and tonight and in your life, God is looking for partners going, listen, I'm going to raise the dead, but I need somebody to roll the stone. What you're seeing tonight 
is God's goodness of raising the dead, people spiritually dead. But a bunch of people got together and said, we're going to roll the stone. And sometimes rolling the stone looks like setting up speakers. Sometimes it looks like handing out pizza boxes full of crayons and, and crackers and coloring stuff to kids. Sometimes it looks like putting money in an offering plate to keep the lights on and the ministry going. But God is looking for partners, I believe. And this is the way we parent, and this is the way we pastor. That a life of understanding that God wants to partner is one of adventure. For my kids to walk away from a relationship with Jesus Christ means they are walking away from adventure. They're walking away from excitement. They're walking away from dreams. They're walking away from uh, amazing memories and opportunities because a life of faith is so adventurous, so risky, so exciting that for them to walk away from their faith is saying, I choose boredom. I choose the mundane. Why? Because God is calling us to partnership. The many, reason why many people, and even in my own life at times, I've been bored in my faith, is I've rejected the partnership with God, saying, okay, God, do something. And God goes, no, no, it's your move. If you're a Christian tonight, and some of you are visiting from other churches to cheer us on, as you go back into your community tomorrow, I want to remind you, you are partnering with God. Not just your pastors. You're partnering with God going, listen, God will raise the dead, but we're going to roll the stone. Whoever you are tonight, let's remember what God has done. Where would you be if God didn't step in? Oh, I'd be so religious. I thank God for leaders in my life as a teenager that kept pushing through and telling me the why and telling me the plan because I would have been lost in my religion. I examine myself. I don't wait till Sunday to examine myself. I don't need a preacher to lay hands on me. And I'm thankful for ministry, but I look at the word of God and go, how am I doing tonight? How am I doing today? And God will speak about my attitude my actions, my habits, and my thoughts. But when we take communion, I want to remind you, God is calling us to a lifetime of partnership. I'm a lot of things, but I'm not bored. I'm a little tired, a little worn out. I'm really excited. We have purpose flowing through our veins. Why? Because it's not easy, but it's rewarding. The Holy Spirit's called the comforter because this walk is not supposed to be comfortable. You don't need a comforter if you're comfortable, but it's not boring. Some of you are religious and dead in your faith and you think you're going through the motions. You want to help your church on a Sunday morning? You want to help us on a Sunday morning? Understand that God is looking for partners in your workplace, in your school, in your family, with him, remembering what he's done, examining ourselves, going, God, we're not perfect. Purity, forgiveness is an event, but purity is a process, and I'm on this journey. God, you're going to help me. But God is looking for partners. Tonight, before we lead communion, the Bible calls this the believer's communion meaning it's for believers. Tonight I would be amiss to not give you an opportunity to understand and start a relationship with Jesus Christ, the one we're about to remember and celebrate and walk through an open door of partnership. You say, Mike, I'm far from God tonight. I walked in here because it was a Saturday night and people been begging me to come. I saw a Facebook post or, or I haven't been in church in a long, long time. I want to let you know you're in the right place tonight. Tonight, in a moment, I'm going to give you a chance to respond. And the Bible says that you're saved if you believe that he is Lord, that he's in control, that he's got a plan for your life. You confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God is good and he has a plan for you and God will save you. And God will walk into your life and your life will be a mess, but God will take you on a journey. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a moment. It's not a church thing, it's a privacy thing. Just close your eyes for a moment. If you walked in here, someone brought you in tonight, and you're like, man, I, I don't know about God. I don't understand it, but my heart's starting to beat tonight, and I know that there's got to be more to life than just working in school and family and 
retirement, that there's got to be purpose. And tonight you're feeling things you haven't felt maybe in a long time or ever, things like peace and joy and hope. It's more than emotion. It's more than just a cool guitar solo or influential words. It's God himself reminding you that he made you and he called you. And he wants to eliminate that distance between you and start a faith. It doesn't mean you join this church, but it does mean you start a walk with Jesus Christ. On the count of three, if you say, Mike, I want to start my relationship with Jesus Christ, here's all that's going to happen. On the count of three, I'm going to get you to raise your hand and put it right back down. That's it. That's it. And tonight, we're going to pray a prayer and believe that tonight will be a turning point in your life, that God's going to walk in. You've been a mess on your own. You can't fix it. You can't solve it. You feel like you're on your own, you against the world. But tonight, God himself wants to partner with you on your journey tonight. With every head bowed, if that's you, on the count of three, one, this is your night. It's not everybody, but it's somebody. There's a God in heaven calling, saying, hey, I want to start a relationship with you. I want to help you in your journey. I got a plan for your life. Two, all over this place. Three, if that's you, just raise your hand as high as you can. Real quick, I see that hand, I see that hand. You can put it right back down. You can put it right back down. I see that hand. Put it right back down. Can we all stand to our feet tonight? as we get ready to serve communion. If you put your hand up, we're gonna pray a prayer, but here's what you're gonna do. When you walked in, you got this card. All I want you to do is check that box. It says, I'm committing my life to Jesus Christ. And tonight, on your way out, just drop it in a box. That's it, no one's gonna call you. No one's gonna visit you. We'll simply send you an email celebrating with you and then give you next steps if you wanna walk into it to help you in your faith. But I'm gonna pray tonight. If you put your hand up, will you just fill that out? Put it in that box on the way out. And tonight we believe that God can start a journey in your life. Amen? Can we pray all together? We're going to say this all together because we're family tonight. We're going to repeat this prayer after me. Let's bow our head. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, come on, say it with me tonight. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love. Jesus, I thank you for your forgiveness. And tonight I choose to start a partnership with you. I give you my sin and my shame. And I take your hope and your joy. I give you control of my life. And you take my regrets. Forgive me. Meet with me. And use me to change the world. In Jesus' name. Amen.